The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So again, welcome to you all. It's lovely to get to practice, to practice together in this way. So the topic I wanted to explore a little bit tonight is the enjoyment that leads to liberation. Often in the practice, um, that we it can be easy to have a misunderstanding that that pleasure and enjoyment are things that are to be avoided or or given up, um, and yet all throughout the teachings of the Buddha, uh, there is a distinction between the kinds of pleasure and enjoyment that tend to lead down the the path of of stress of craving of entanglement of kind of constantly seeking after experiences and the kinds of enjoyment that actually lead to the 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 growing the ripening the the flowering of the the beautiful qualities that are cultivated on this path of peace, of happiness, of of kindness. And one one particular sutta or discourse or teaching of the Buddha that um, recently caught my eye uh, that I'd like to share with you is um, called the Sutta on Joy and Happiness. Um, and I'm paraphrasing, it's a very short sutta, just a few lines. And the Buddha starts by saying that when one delights in or enjoys six things, then they have joy and happiness in this very life, and they are laying the groundwork for the complete uprooting of greed, aversion, and delusion, which are the, the stress, the the roots of all of the patterns of stress and suffering, the three what are called unwholesome roots. So what are the six things that when one enjoys or delights in uh, give rise to joy and happiness now and also sow the seed, lay the groundwork for or release from, from stress and a realization of peace and freedom? And so the six things are enjoying the Dhamma, the teachings, enjoying uh, the practice, enjoying cultivating our minds, enjoying cultivating the wholesome, enjoying giving up or relinquishing the unwholesome, enjoying seclusion, enjoying kindness, and enjoying non-objectification. So I'd like to just say a few words about, about each of these. Um, and then we can, we can discuss uh, as a group and see how, how you um, relate to this in your own practice. So enjoying the Dhamma, 
enjoying the teachings, there can be such a sense of of delight, of uh, awe when we encounter the teachings that so fully comprehend and understand and penetrate the the human condition and understand the nature of our minds and how certain certain patterns of mind give rise to all of the stress and suffering that we are uh, tending to struggle against and try to get rid of, but from those very patterns, from the the standpoint of those very patterns that that cause more stress and suffering and and realizing that there are patterns of mind or or ways of being in relationship to experience that give rise to the deepest kinds of of happiness of peace of well-being that are possible as humans and when the buddha discovered this in his own experience uh, um he had this this uh determination to uh to understand what to understand the nature of dukkha of dissatisfaction of of stress of suffering and to to realize the release from dukkha and in his own experience he saw the 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 conditions and causes that gave rise to stress and in that he understood the process of of no longer um, putting in place those conditions that give rise to stress and suffering, but instead putting in place the conditions that give rise to peace, to what he called unbinding or release, release from clinging, which is he called peace the highest happiness. And so there can be a sense of delight and uh, joy and awe and kind of relief uh, in in uh, finding oneself on on the path in finding oneself guided by the teachings, the natural law that the Buddha described um, and seeing how how closely how precisely that maps onto our own experience that can be such a sense of wow like wow this this really this is really true like when when you really see how something the buddha described as 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 part of how the mind works or part of how stress and suffering arise and how part of how they're released seeing how that that is playing out exactly as he described it in our own experience that can be such a, a source of joy such a source of delight um, all of what the Buddha said uh, and taught is something for us to to put into practice and to see how it relates to how it is relevant for our own experience. He said, "Come and see for yourself. This is to be experienced individually, not something just to be taken on blind faith and believe and believed. And when we do come to to see um, how the teachings do, do describe our own experience and do point the way, point the way, 
guide us along the path towards greater and greater well-being and peace can be such a, a source of delight and joy. This path that starts often is uh, often described as having three pillars and starts with with sila or virtue and this understanding that when we when we act with an intention of non-clinging when we act with an intention of kindness of compassion that that actually not only benefits the world but is a cause for peace and happiness in our own minds and this was this was something that um it took me a while it took me many years of practice to really start to um appreciate as central to the path i i initially came to the practice and i was i wanted to hear the teachings on you know on wisdom i wanted to do the the deep sitting practice and you know the 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 teachings on virtue on sila they were they were beautiful they were inspiring they were interesting but but there wasn't wasn't this sense of 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 delighting in them until it really started to come alive in my own experience and the just the 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 knowing of the goodness of the orientation of the heart and mind of of wanting uh wanting to to support the well-being of all beings in the world of kindness of generosity of of non-harming um being such a source of well-being for this own or for for my own mind for for this heart and mind it it is such um a beautiful refuge and it it gives rise to a settling this the second pillar this this settling into samadhi a kind of continuity of moment to moment presence the continuity of moment to moment awareness and um connection with present moment experience and this samadhi comes out of an enjoyment of that 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 good feeling of being um in alignment and when there is samadhi there is the the capacity to see what what is going on in our experience moment to moment it takes this continuity this sustained stability of attention or stability of awareness with our experience to start to discern the the characteristics of our experience to discern the nature of our experience and so there are many things that that are discovered that that are learned or understood in this practice including the the impermanent and um and ungovernable and unable to satisfy craving in a lasting way these aspects of experience these are considered universal characteristics of all conditioned experience and we get start to see how how then the the law of conditionality uh how how what um 
what gives rise to stress and suffering. The Buddha, in, in one of his uh, more well-known teachings on dependent origination, described how craving, craving in response to pleasant or unpleasant or neutral, gives rise to this whole process of stress and suffering. And we can enjoy and take interest in, in contemplating the teachings and how they how they're relevant in our own experience and think about how to apply them in our own practice. Um, I often find, you know, find myself feeling so grateful for the conditions having come into place to find to find myself on the path, to find myself. It's it's rare to encounter the teachings and to have the the conditions to be interested and, and able to engage with the teachings and, and engage with the practice. And it is such um, such a precious opportunity. And so it can be such a source of, of delight and joy. And um, oh, moving on to, uh, I'll try to be a little bit more terse, but uh, moving on to um, the practice, enjoying the practice itself. The Pali word used here is bhavana or bhavana. And this means development of mind or cultivation of mind. It's it's much broader than just our sitting meditation. Um, But our practice in any moment, are we developing, are we cultivating these wholesome qualities of non-reactivity, of kindness, of stability of mind. And this is something to be enjoyed. This isn't something to be a heavy burden or chore or like some self-flagellation of, oh, I have to do it. But it's something to be enjoyed. And the more and more we 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 come to enjoy the practice, the more the path deepens and opens into new terrain. Um, when there's a sense of delighting in awareness, enjoying the experience of of presence, and enjoying and feeling nourished by the simplicity and peace of the mind that simply knows and is unentangled with what it knows, the the mind that relates to what is known with kindness, with with care with equanimity. The more skilled we become in the practice, the more enjoyable it becomes. And the more we enjoy it, the more wholehearted the engagement tends to be. And so this becomes this beautiful, positive feedback loop of enjoying the wholesomeness of the practice and that feeding the practice, that making it feel even more enjoyable as it deepens and on and on. And the third, the third um, enjoyment that leads to, to happiness in this life and, and lays the groundwork for, for liberation is pahana, the Pali word pahana, which is often translated as as giving up 
uh, it also means relinquishment or abandoning or overcoming or or simply letting go of and this is the the letting go of the giving up of what is painful that which is heavy and burdensome on on our hearts and minds and that which causes a, a stress in the the central uh, teachings um, of the Four Noble Truths, each of the Four Noble Truths comes with an action that um, that is to be to be undertaken by a practitioner. The second Noble Truth is that with dukkha there is craving, or with craving there is dukkha. The, with the arising of craving, there is the arising of dukkha. So often, often translated as craving is the origin of dukkha. And the action associated with this truth is that craving is to be abandoned. The word here, pahana, is to be let go of, not a, a you know, abandonment often as a negative connotation, but the way we abandon, you know, you know, might abandon ship in order to, to protect oneself from drowning on a sinking ship. We abandon craving, we let go of, we relinquish that which we know is causing pain and stress and suffering. Uh, enjoying the relinquishment, the abandoning of that which is burdensome. There's such a relief when we put down that which is keeping us feeling trapped and weighed down or bound in these these cycles of uh kind of self-centered rumination and and patterns of of um distress and uh, the next item that the next thing that the buddha says that is to be enjoyed, and that when we do enjoy it, gives rise to, to, to happiness in this life, and lays the groundwork for for freedom. Is seclusion, seclusion, paviweka or viveka, um, the poly the poly word here being translated as seclusion, sometimes also translated as as solitude. And this can be an external seclusion, such as the being able to enjoy being in a in a simple and still environment, um, being able to be enjoy being alone, being able to be content with simply being with ourselves. And this is not so much a shutting off or a blocking out, but more of a a letting go of needing to always engage with external stimulus. So when we can enjoy simply being, enjoy simply being here in the present moment in a nourishing way, then we we tap into a source of well-being and contentment that that doesn't depend on our usual habits of seeking seeking happiness through manipulating our 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 environment or the world 
And it's not not a void or an oblivion, this seclusion. This skillful seclusion is not not a nothingness, you know, a pulling away from all experience. It's actually when there is a skillful seclusion, there is an abundance of beautiful nourishing states that are full of joy and happiness and peace. Um, in the, the, the central practice, the central aspect of the path, samadhi, this, this um, continuity of awareness, sometimes called immersion into experience. This is sometimes described as a, a process of deepening seclusion. And seclusion, it's, it's seclusion from the patterns of mind that cause disturbance and agitation. And the way that, that samadhi deepens, the way that this unification of mind deepens is not through a willful keeping, keeping things at bay, but it's through an enjoyment, a natural enjoyment of the, set, the simplicity of the mind that is not engaging with that which is agitating. And this seclusion can also be an internal way of being, even in the midst of a lot of activity. Um, There are many, many stories of uh, great masters. I was just hearing about Ajahn Ajahn Liam, Longpur Liam, um, and how he was the, the head of a hundred or hundreds of monasteries and in uh, in constant engagement with a lot of activity, a lot of responsibility, a lot of requests and questions, etc., coming his way, and always, always meeting that activity from a place of stillness, of peace, not being pulled into engagement with reactivity in response to that, even while fully engaging and responding to this, the external needs. There can be an internal seclusion from reactivity that makes peace possible in any circumstance. Um, the next well, the next one, the thing that the Buddha describes in this sutta is kindness. Kindness, freedom from ill will. Kindness just naturally feels good. It's something that is is naturally enjoyable. This open, open and generous availability that feels nourishing in all directions. Kindness isn't isn't just a gift to those we're kind to. Kindness is a gift to ourselves. We can see the impact of kindness in our own hearts and minds. It um, it is one of the one of the central roots of well being and happiness in the Buddha's teachings. So when we can we can see our tendency to kind of want to enjoy rants of negativity, kind of maybe self-righteous rants. But we, when we actually check in 
actually have the sensitivity to to see what the impact of that is on on our sense of of peace and contentment and well-being it it's agitating but kindness on the other hand is uh is settling and brings about um have a a a simple and happy enjoyment in the present moment and the last the last of these uh, uh the pali word is nipa pancha and this this can mean um non non objectification so papancha the pali word papancha is often translated as proliferation um and yet it seems that uh, especially according to tani saro bhikkhu who is one of the the foremost translators of the pali canon um um it seems that papancha has to do with certain kinds of perceptions or ways of thinking that give rise to proliferation and those perceptions and ways of thinking have to do with objectifying experience in terms of a sense of self so when we when we're relating to our experience in terms of a sense of self and from the perspective of i want this i don't want that this is what tends to give rise to further craving to f- further becoming and and the proliferation the complexification of the mind in thinking about all that that is being wanted is being objectified the buddha taught that um this process of objectification is part of how we create our sense of the world and our sense of the the solidity of our of things in the world the solidity of the things that we imagine they're actually very insubstantial and when there's a non-objectification the experience can can feel very light very light very open very free not the 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 solid and burden burdensome experience of things feeling um quite so solidified in terms of our sense of self so when there is um in a, a cessation of of this objectification there is a kind of peace in fact uh, non papancha or the ending of papancha in in some of the suttas is is equated with liberation itself but when the mind isn't creating constructing and clinging to ideas of this and that as being absolutely real when we see that oh this is actually just activity of the mind and there's not clinging to that anymore there is such a beautiful peace and stillness and sense of simplicity available when the mind is simply available to experience with an unentangled knowing and yeah so i just wanted to to share this this 
the sutta that, that caught my attention, these kinds of enjoyment that lead to happiness and well-being and lead to the complete ending of greed, aversion, and delusion, which is another way of saying that lead to complete liberation, to complete happiness. <laughs> 